yeah. I love my HBCU. And bar, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna loud, loud, and who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, and pay attention. Boy, he gonna... This is Dr. Cavill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Yes, you see the one and only Professor Joshua Sims Sr. HBCU Nightmare Extraordinaire, bringing you home, big-time alumni of North Carolina Central University, the Eagles. Let me make sure I get this right. The 2022 Celebration Bowl champions, National Black College champions. Yeah, that is him. That is he, as they say, Joshua Sim Seniors. Both Mike and Charles are out on assignment. At least that's what they're telling me. We're going to let them slide. We'll, we'll, we'll catch them on the backside. Let them know about this. But we're going to make this real uh, real nice. We'll go through our traditional show, but we'll add a little spice and spin to it. Uh, we had a great segment uh, with HBCU Nightly, so I'll give Josh a chance to kind of sum some of that up and provide some shares and maybe get a couple of people that haven't experienced the tour of spaces, uh, what that is like, because there's a lot of engagement. And we gauge with our fans through – them texting us through the show. And eventually we're going to get to a space where we'll be able to bring you all in to engage and talk, ask questions directly. So we we are moving through that. We have the the system ready to do that. Uh, we're just transitioning and waiting for a good time to make that big time announcement. So y'all got a little cheat sheet on that. But with that being said, welcome to episode 368 inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBC sports. For institutions large and small, from NEIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports, or what I, we like to call the HBCU sports pedagogy. Um, what other folks like to call HBCU sporting spaces or the sporting HBCU sporting congregation, shout out to Dr. Savion Foster, and Dr. White uh, put that together to continue to create right. research out there that is dedicated to HBCUs and speak a language that not a lot of folks are talking about. With that being said, I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Kavim. My co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, are out on assignment, as I said, bringing you none other than Professor Joshua Sim Sr. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCOH Studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, that's multi-Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper, and a beautiful home at Southern University from Houston, Texas. With that being said, uh, Josh, how you doing today? Man, doing phenomenal, man. Or, or as my as my grandmother used to say in church, blessed and highly favored. How about that? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Today's yes, episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency, LLC. THG Agency is a, a company that... Sporting and Educational Consulting and Data Analytics. 
with that being said, I kind of teased this out. So I'd be remiss if I didn't give you a second before we maybe get into a couple of like news here and there. But really talk about HBCU Nightly, Twitter Spaces, what's that about, and why is that the newest, uh, if you could, framework of how you talk about the culture and essentially why it's important? Yeah, Doc, man. Um, well, first, thanks, man. Uh, you know, I, as everybody knows, man, I call Dr. Cavill the general. You know what I mean? Really, you know, I'm a, I'm a soldier in this army, man. And um, being able to have a general like Dr. Cavill really, really kind of helped me to understand how to really be able to navigate this thing, man, and navigate this 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 war as far as conversation go for being able to have HBCUs on the forefront and in the, and in the limelight. Um, HBCU nightly is is literally that man. It's it's a it's a platform that you know we've been able to create collectively amongst all of us that allow for all 107 perspectives across the entire HBCU, as we call it, HBCU diaspora, or you know being able to put together that entire wide ranging of perspectives for everybody to be able to have a conversation. Um, you know what we do as it pertains to on the stage here at at, at HBCU nightly is we bring the people together who are doing the work, the experts, those who are studying the sports, they're studying the HBCU institutions, they're they're having the conversations on a day-to-day basis. A lot of these people are writers or journalists who some of these people are people who you know normally would not have been able to get the type of limelight attention and and definitely uh recognition that they deserve, you know, if they were just kind of doing just from a writing perspective. And then you have people that are the experts who've been doing it so long, who've been able to really be able to kind of usher us in and guide us and nurture us and, and really mentor us like a Dr. Cavill, like the general himself, who's been able to do be so successful at this for so long that he felt the need to be able to say, hey, I see a young brother and I see what he's doing with HBCU Nightly. Let me mentor him. Let me bring him along the way and show him how to be able to do this the right way. So HBCU Nightly, man, is, is a way for us to be able to bridge those gaps, man, and really kind of create more bridges. Uh, Twitter Spaces itself, man, we're not treating it like it's a social media, uh, uh, you know, just a platform. We're treating it like it's a show. Uh, we have episodes. We treat it like it's a show, Doc, you know. Uh, we treat it like a show. There's a format. Uh, people are able to come in. People are able to call in. Um, and if you have any questions and would like us to be able to address things from that perspective, it's nothing for you guys to be able to send us a message or send us a uh, put a sum in the chat or things of that sort while we're on there. But we are treating Twitter spaces like it is an actual network. And we're having conversations on there like this is a full-blown radio show. It's a full-blown television uh, re- uh, show. And, uh, man, we are having so much fun, man, being able to have the conversation with the diaspora. Uh, with the HBCU diaspora. And that's from everybody, whether you actually attended an HBCU, graduated an HBCU, or you just support specific HBCUs, we absolutely welcome the conversation. Man, I love it. Um, That's why I was so impressed uh, as we just kind of connected in this synergy and I saw something in there, but it's always funny because, you know, you talk about the general professors, deans, whatever you talk about, but oftentimes, sometimes, even like coaches, sometimes I think uh, our credit is overblown uh, what allows us to provide our genius or what many people would say as a master teacher, you know, a great, great lecturer, if you would, is the fact that you have a willing individuals, you know, in the token framework, we talk about students. But really, when you have folks that are prepared to come into a space and are willing to learn, right, and engage you. And what I like is that you bring your muscle, your intellect to the table right? But then you're willing to be open for information that allows you to take it back and supersize, 
right? Sure. Put it on steroids, as they say, uh, from a sporting vernacular, even though I think there's some negative connotations of that. But the fact that you take it to another level um, and like what you're doing in space, you say, all right, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to curve this little space. We're going to do this. You brought in a whole function. You bring in a voice for not just HBCUs that are particular, making sure that the MEAC itself has a space to have a voice in the field rightfully that they have their space in this framework, but you still welcome SWAC and make sure there's inclusion of the CIAA and SIEC. Um, and I think personally that's beautiful. And so I just wanted to kind of give you flowers, pay you attention and give you the fruits um, early on in terms of what you're bringing to the table to make sure uh, that those individuals out there that may not uh, be aware of HBCU nightly for whatever reason or may not quite understand uh, the purpose of it, right? Because you don't go over that all yes, the time, that this yes, is sir. a chance to put that out there. So I, I want to make sure I acknowledge that. All right, back to a little more sports talk. Uh, I did want to share this. Obviously, basketball is hot and heavy. Football never dies, <laughs> right? Ever. Uh, but there's a thing called baseball that's out there. Obviously, some softball, and we talked about that last week, as they had a collective of different HBCU softball teams playing each other that went off. This past weekend, you opened the baseball season, uh, and we were blessed in this region, if you would, at Minute Bay Park, um, Houston Astros, home to the world champion Houston Astros which is always nice uh, for folks that celebrate that. The Houston Astros Foundation uh, provided uh, the baseball tournament in terms of Cactus Jack HBCU Baseball Classic. Great games were playing there. Uh, started out on Friday with three series of games. Uh, throughout the day, Saturday, you had three more games. Sunday had three more games. I know you have a beautiful son, beautiful family for that. All those there, I got to bring my son out there. And so baseball is oh. one of those unique sports uh, where you can bring your child, in this case, your son, and there's just a different vibe. You know what I'm saying? He appreciates yes, basketball, and he goes with me basketball. He gets in the football, whatever. But it's just different in terms of how baseball and the son, um, if, if you would, and father dynamic. I'm sure there's some of that to uh, mother and daughter in terms of softball. Uh, maybe in some other sports, but it's just unique that. And in many cases, it could be uh, father and his daughter. Um, and so that's always fascinating. But I, I did want to share that he plays baseball, so I'm sure that has a part of it. Absolutely. Uh, but Southern, the number six team, according to Black College Nines, which ranks the top ten major teams, I think they call them large uh, division, and then they have a what we refer to as a mid-major, and they have a small college division. The major division – um, five of the six teams that played in this tournament were ranked in the top ten. Mm. Included uh, Prairie View, who was ranked number one, uh, Texas Southern, ten, uh, Grambling State, was ranked in here at nine. Jackson State ranked as eight. Uh, you had Southern at six, and so all these programs were mm. ranked in there. Southern went three and zero. They had an impressive three and zero. They played number eight Jackson State. Defeated them on Friday. They came back on Saturday, played the rival. Grambling State was ranked number nine. Took Got a victory there. Then mm. they played number 10 for Southern and took them to the woodshed. So they come out of that 3 and and I thought that was really impressive. But they're not done yet. This weekend, check this out. They go down to the Andre Dawson Classic, which is sponsored by Major League Baseball. And they bring, um, like, Several HBC programs down there, I believe, 
uh, eight of them to be exempt in terms of that participate in that tournament. They do a th multiple game series. But in that, Southern will face off number four FAMU hmm. on Friday. That game will be on Major League Network, uh, MLB.com. Then on Saturday, they have number three Alabama State. Big time game. Woo. And then, then they have Alabama A&M. Um, and so you see how deep the swag is in general, but just in top 10, I thought that was fascinating to see that, uh, what that looks like. Yeah, so for those that are into baseball, and I, I love poll rankings because it gives you some measures. And we mm -hmm. did that last night. We had a chance to really get great dialogue because we added people's position. Uh, we also did the poll rankings, and you juxtapise that with a lot of different talk. So that's fascinating, and I, I wanted to share that with the people of why I'm working with SIDs and personally tell them anyone I get my head of to them is make sure they utilize the poll rankings out there. I don't care who you use, whichever one you think is reputable, use that. But start making sure that when you put the information out there that you talk about matchups. Mm -hmm. There's a reason when you're on the national broadcast, if you would, and they tell you that this is a two versus five matchup. Doesn't matter mm -hmm. what sport, and it brings extra eyeballs because people see the value in the ranking. Right. Absolutely. Game could be great. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it lives up to it. But the fact that you do that, you're creating it. And we have space now that recognize rankings. And so make sure you pay attention to that. A little enough of that. Uh, Houston Astros donate a million dollars to Texas Southern Baseball and Softball Facilities, Houston Astros. So I did want to put that Ooh. last thing on the table. But I did want to give you the space to talk some news, whatever you want to share out there uh, that you thought was hot that the people may need to make attention to. Yeah, Doc, man, I just want to give a humongous shout out to the, to the uh, Central Intercollegiate Athletic Association, also known as the CIAA. Uh, kicked off a big, big time weekend in Baltimore, Maryland this week. Um, the tournament is live. You know, tickets are still on sale. Feel more than welcome to go up to Baltimore if you're in the area or if you're going to be passing through the area. Man, continue to keep supporting what I kind of delicately uh, characterize as the best basketball tournament in the entire country, yep. bar none. I don't, um, from top I don't to bottom, no question. I don't think it's no question either, Doc. Yep. Um, right now we got the semifinals that are happening tonight, man. I'm looking forward to seeing who's gonna come out. Uh, I'm a Winston Salem guy, and uh, and I I definitely intentionally call Winston Salem State North Carolina Central West because uh, Cleo Hill, who's the head <laughs> basketball coach at Winston Salem State, is also a North Carolina Central graduate. The AD there is a Central graduate, so we want Winston Salem State to get to that championship, win the CIAA. It does nothing but make North Carolina Central look even better, man. <laughs> I like it. And that is number five in terms of where they finished the season. Number five was from Salem State, and they played number four. Claflin University had two great matchups early in this year that you talked about, both on mm -hmm. home courts that went down. So I think this should be a showdown. That's the 8 o'clock matchup, so it'll be fascinating. So it's under the lights of showtime. The earlier matchup for the day is Virginia State University versus Lincoln University, Pennsylvania. That's a 3-6 matchup, and it starts at 6. Um, so it's kicking off shortly. Let me give a couple of updates. Uh, we'll turn the page. We'll get into the mid-major division poll rankings for women. Uh, but let's talk about some of these scores. Uh, you had Virginia Union earlier to, uh, yesterday, if you would. They defeated number nine. That's one versus nine matchup. Elizabeth City State, 75-64. That's after Elizabeth City State was able to get out of their opening round game, defeating Livingston, 74-69, 9-8 matchup, if you would. Winston-Salem State is able to play tonight because they defeated St. Augustine as they opened up the tournament. 
That was a five versus 12, 65 to 49. Uh, as we talked about Lincoln uh, in their matchup with number three, Virginia State, that's because they defeated Johnson C. Smith, uh, mm. 80 to 52. They pounded them to get out of that in terms of what that looks like. And then you have Shaw, as we said, uh, as they went and they move on over a semifinal matchup as they defeated uh, Shaw earlier, uh, 58 to 53. This is after Shaw was able to get by Bowie State, 710 matchup, 63 to 53. So a lot of entertainment is there. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side, give you the mid-majors, and I'll give you the updates from the women's basketball tournament. Because uh, certainly Shiri's not dead, and we want to pay them the homage and love. I got to see uh, the Winston-Salem State women uh, go down uh, late in that matchup. They were right there in that matchup, didn't get the three to go, got the rebound, and unfortunately couldn't even get a shot off credit uh, to Shaw getting it done there in terms of that matchup. I know there's some history in terms of that in terms of North Carolina such too, so you couldn't go wrong yeah. with that matchup. I, I, can't, I couldn't go wrong I'll let with you that tell one. that on the other side. We'll come right back after this first break. Nope. Nope. Come on, him. Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge. Featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www. 
www.slowburnwaco.com Press the analytic data with your hip hop If you know them like I know them They gon' tell you if your team If they wanna love yeah. And who the ball, ball So listen to Professor Yes sir yes, And pay attention boy. Cause he gon' teach a lesson This is Dr. Gaville inside the HBC Sports Lab Back with Professor Sims Sr. With that being said I know there's some connections there too that you obviously put out there for a lot of folks that know. Go ahead and share that before we get right down of the women's basketball CIAA tournament. Yes, sir, man. And, and, and in Black History Month fashion, man, I'm I'm absolutely always in a position to talk about the founder of North Carolina Central University, Dr. James E. Shepard. Uh, Dr. Shepard is a graduate of Shaw University, and and from the moment you step on North Carolina Central's campus. When you take that intro course, we call it fundamental uh, fundamentals of dimensions of learning. I'm sorry, dimensions of learning. You are taught that you have to, you are required as a North Carolina Central student or alum to show love to Mother Shaw. So, uh, Doctor Shepard, man, is, is somebody who I've I've studied as I've gotten older. Um, had the chance to go back on campus, go back on North Carolina Central's campus, go into our library and read the, the Shepherd papers, man, where he talks about his life. He talks about how he built North Carolina Central University with his own money. Mm-hmm with 24 acres of land that was uh, inevitably sold to him by the Duke family. And then he took that, you know, it was property that was not necessarily desirable. So when you walk around North Carolina Central's campus and you see the sloping hills and the verdant greens, that was not something that we intentionally wanted to make into something glorified, but we made it into something glorified. And now that is something that is a competitive advantage for us as a university, man. Anytime you talk to anybody from North Carolina Central, it's in our song. It's in our, our alma mater. It's in our fight song. We talk about the sloping hills and the verdant greens, uh, but we don't talk about how this brother was able to, with his own money and his wife, be able to take this money that he acquired and made from being in a pharmacy, having a pharmacy, also being a co-founder of Mechanics and Farmers Bank, which is one of, still one of the oldest Black-founded banks in the country, and also being a founder of North mm-hmm. Carolina Mutual Insurance, man, which is one of the oldest Black-founded mutual insurance companies as well in the country. So. This brother was was dynamic, but we don't get a Dr. James E. Shepard. We don't get a North Carolina Central University if it were not for Mama Shaw, Shaw University, right there in Raleigh, North Carolina. So, so much love to Shaw University, man. We absolutely love and appreciate Shaw University for being there and still being around. And we're going to continue to keep elevating both of those universities and all of our universities through the work that we're doing. So, appreciate you being able to let me tell that story, Doc, because that's, that's one of my favorite stories, man. Man, it's powerful. It needs to be told as often as possible to expound for those uh, that have similar history in terms of HBCUs and those that may not be connected to HBCUs, understand their history to make sure they go find out. So uh, whenever necessary and appropriate, we're going to get that story out. With that being said, finals. We're into the semifinals. We know who's in the semifinals, which is Johnson C. Smith. They will face off um, tomorrow. I'll take that back. We do have another matchup there that came out. They had an updated, which is Elizabeth City State, uh, Bowie State, which was played at two. In terms of that, that's after Elizabeth City State was able to get uh, a victory over St. Augustine, uh, Augustine, I should say, 59 to 55. Johnson C. Smith, that plays, that is baited to the semifinals after defeating Fayetteville State 62 to 54, uh, has carried along. They came out of the opening round, so... Uh, a major upset over number one surprised a lot of folks uh, after they defeated number nine, uh, Virginia Union, 72 to 54. They are still having their 
uh, glass Cinderella slippers on, if you would. Mm. Uh, and the bottom part of the bracket, you have Shaw that defeated Winston-Salem State. So you've seen upsets on the women's side of CIAA. It happens. Uh, that was Man. a close one. A very exciting game. Shaw gets it done 54-48. to 48. This is after Shaw defeated Claflin 62-49. to 49. So Shaw University is hot. They're into the semifinals. As well as Lincoln University, number two seed, the highest seed that's still left in the tournament. They got it done after beating Virginia State, uh, 78 to 57. That's after Virginia State got out of the opening round over Livingston, 66-63. So good game being played there. It's going to be fascinating to see how everything uh, opens up in finals as we get into the semifinals, as you talked about. Uh, let me get into this a little bit. We'll give the uh, major division poll, I mean, mid-major division poll for the women. So let me get into that. If we can pull that up, if you would, uh, Rod, pull up the mid-major for the women. We'll start. Not a lot of changes here. Top five teams are still the top five teams. So nobody mm -hmm. dropped out. Uh, in terms of those receiving votes, you have Philander Smith, Panthers, sitting at 20 and five. Great record, but still can't quite get in the top five. A lot of teams putting in work. So they're just on the outside with 70 points. Savannah State Tigers are 16 and 6, 12 and 5, 10 points. Lincoln, Pennsylvania Lions, 17 and 7, 11 and 3 at 5 votes. You see where Pennsylvania, Lincoln, Pennsylvania, so they have a case to move up next week after the run they've done in this tournament. Can they finalize and finish the deal and hold up the trophy, which I'm sure would find a way to get them in the top five? With that being said, we've got five strong women teams <clears> in the top five. At number five, Russ Bearcats, they do drop a slot. 18 and 5, 11 and 2, uh, but they're in the top five. And number four, who moves up and bumps up a spot? Florida Memorial Lions, 20 and 5, 14 and 1. Uh, they won the championship over there, playing some good basketball, 36 points. And number three, outside of the CIAA SIAC, you have West Virginia State Yellow Jackets, 19 and 4, 14 and 4. They stay in the three spots, solid as they have 40 points getting it done. Getting in the number two spot, Fayetteville State Broncos, 16 and 6, 12 and 2. I already told you they were upset in the tournament. So you got to believe that things change next week. But right now, they sit at number two, 53 points. As this point poll comes out uh, uh, on Tuesday, in terms of when it stops all the numbers that are run. And number one, you have Tuskegee Golden Tigers that are on fire 20 wins, 20 and 3, 17 and 0. They went perfect in conference play, getting it done. Hmm. 22, I should say, and 19-0 with six first-place votes. Big-time wins, as you see the teams getting it done there uh, in the matchup. So wanted to give you the number one team, Golden uh, Tigers, continue to get it done playing really good basketball this season out of the SIC. Professor Sims, what are your thoughts in terms of the top five teams in the well, first. Well, first, Doc, I, I would be remiss if I didn't shout out uh, one of our contributors to HBCU Nightly, Coach Green. Coach Green, man, I, I would be remiss if I didn't shout him out because I know he's been telling us that that Russ College team was going to be really, really good the entire way through. And uh, they were able to get a victory back against uh, Philander Smith when they had lost once to Philander Smith um, earlier, about, about a week prior, a week and a half prior. They came back and beat Philander Smith to really kind of get their face back and really beat them in worse fashion than they than they would be. So you always look to be able to do so. Um, but as, as far as also in the top five, man, um, Seeing Tuskegee dominate the way that they've been, they were, they've been able to dominate. And I mean, I'm talking they're really, really dominating. Um, you know, for me, I look at conferences very, very similar to 
um, you know, what their their general alignment would be to maybe the level up. And you look at Tuskegee, this Tuskegee uh, ladies team, man, very, very similar to how Jackson State's women dominate. I know we're going to get into the major polls as well, but good gracious alive, man. That program has really been rolling, and they haven't skipped a step, man. So I'm interested to see how they're going to do the SIEC tournament. It'll be this weekend coming up, I believe. So I'm looking – I'm interested to see how they're going to uh, dominate inside the tournament. We believe they're going to dominate inside the tournament. But I do want to give a quick shout-out to West Virginia State, man. I want to give a quick shout-out to West Virginia State, Doc. Um, that squad down these last two and a half to three weeks – has really come together. And it's really started for them inside with the guard play. Their guards have really, really come along the way down the stretch of the season. I kind of try to pay attention to, you know, West Virginia State. I try to pay attention to Bluefield State and all of our HBCUs that are outside of our traditional conferences and just seeing what they're doing as well. But West Virginia State in particular from their guards has been playing really, really well. So if anybody gets a chance to look and see that team and go see how well they're playing, Take a look at how well their guards have managed their game. Look at the assists per game that you see in the last four games of the season, and you'll see that the story is being told right there. They are dominating, man. So shout-out to everybody, but definitely wanted to give a special shout-out to West Virginia State. Good stuff. We'll be right back after our second break. Come back after this halftime, and we'll give you the second half. So as we get into it, stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna lock yeah. and who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir, yes, and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Both are out on assignment, so I have none other than Professor Joshua Sims Sr. HBCU Nightly. You can check him out every Wednesday night. Uh, 8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock as they get Eastern time, getting it going. Uh, they'll take you through all the big stories of the week, discuss it among each other. A lot 
allow you to jump in there, provide comics, always good information, detail, um, holistic look at things, and they have a good time as they do it. I, I would have to say that they keep me cracking up, keep me young in a lot of ways, to be honest with you. <laughs> with that being said, let's get in the top 10. Got to give a little love to uh, Miss E, as we like to uh, call her affectionately, Erica, as she clandestine uh, had tickets made, purchased from Morgan State had these buses that took these oh. students from Howard University in Washington, D.C., all over to Baltimore uh, as the Howard and Morgan State matchups. And for y'all outside of this, there's a question that's been going back and forth uh, <laughs> with Malcolm, uh, uh, a Morgan State alumni, uh, obviously Erica, a Howard University alumni, getting in, turn, in terms of whether they're rivals. And this is kind of picked up from football as things went uh, in different directions and they continue it. And so part of this great dis dialogue, because I don't even want to call it discussion because it's family, it's dialogue, uh, whether they were rivals. So the way that she was able to convertly, covertly, because they even asked questions, why, how do you get so many tickets? And she negotiating prices. They like 12 50 She wanted for 10 That's her budget. She had folks that <laughs> donated money to support this industrious act that supports students, which is always good so they can see and actually go be a part um, and really get the fandom up, which is extremely important. Uh, but they were in there razzing it, getting it done because <laughs> the women for Howard Bison got it done in the basketball side. Obviously, Howard's ranked number one. You have Morgan State that started out high, kind of slumbered. Um, so they get what would be called the major upset. And boy, did the fans let them have it. So a lot of good space, a lot of good time. So I'm telling you, if you have the time. It doesn't have to be the whole show. It lasts about three hours. Usually, sometimes they go over just a little bit. Uh, but even if you can drop in there for an hour, it will be worth your time and entertainment. So, Twitter Spaces on Wednesday, 8 o'clock Central, 9 Eastern. Go check out HBC Nightly, led by the head moderator, all of our team, the head moderator, I affectionately call Prof Professor Joshua Simpson. With that being said, let's get into the mid-major division of the men. Receiving votes. We did have a team to drop that this week, but let's start with oh. receiving votes. Miles Golden Bears, 21 wins and can't get in the top five. 15 and five out of the SIEC with two, three points. Fanfield State Broncos, Broncos out of the CIAA. They can't get in the top 25. And yes, they have 16 wins uh, as they continue to push and get along. Uh, we told you that they are into the semifinals, so they're making a run in the CIAA tournament. We'll see what that works and how that works for them next week. Winston-Salem State Rams uh, that are also playing to get in the semifinals as they have made a run into the CIAA tournament play fight, as we told you earlier. 17 and 8, 9 and 7, 14 points. And dropping out, dropping all the way out of the top five, all the way to the last receiving votes, at least we're recognizing this week. Claflin Panthers, 19 to 16 and 6. The wrong time to really hit a losing streak, but they fall out still strong. We'll see what that means in the tournament. They play, as I said, Winston-Salem State. That's an 8 o'clock game, so it's fascinating. Somebody wins that. They may give them just enough to get in the top five or it may pump them where they get through the CIAA and raise that trophy, which has so much history connected to it. Claflin moved into CIAA a couple years ago, so they won't find a way to get it done. But let's get into the big ones. The top five programs are really well. Who's the new team in the top five? They debut at number five. 
is Tuskegee Golden Tigers, 20 and 7, oh. 15 and 5. Fortress were not ranked. They climb all the way up. They joined the ladies, at least getting in the top five. As we told you earlier, the women of Golden, uh, Tuskegee Golden Tigers, number one. The men come in at number five as they close out this week before they get in. Should be fascinating to see what that means. Ask out of the SIC, as I said. Number four, though. Is coming out of the Gold Coast Athletic Conference, Orlando Smith Panthers, 20 and 6, 10 and 4, 20 wins. You need 20 wins to get in the top five in the men's side, 54 points. Previous four, so they stay at the four spot, so they're in there solidly getting it done. They have the Gold Coast Athletic Conference in Jackson. That is this week, uh, starts today. Should be interesting as they have the top eight teams getting it in there. Bringing us number three, Virginia and the Panthers. They're number one out of the CIAA. Told you earlier that they're sitting in the, uh, for their game tomorrow at high noon, if you would, semifinals. They got it done after winning their quarterfinals game over Elizabeth City, 75-64. They're rolling. This came out before that victory, sitting in 2-6, and 12-4 and four as they close out uh, the regular season strong in the CIAA, 61 points, good enough to have them third in the mid-major division for the men. The number two, we're going to move out of the NCAA Division II. We're going to move into the NIA that have solidly, solidly said that you need to recognize it. Lane, many people see them as the best team, number one, because they had a season slump. A couple of players got hurt, has bumped them to number one, but they're playing really good basketball, 26-2, and 20-2 and two in conference race, first place vote. 76 points. They're getting ready for the tournament and a run. I'll hear a run in the NIA tournament. Really playing some good basketball. At number one, good love. I'm glad that we are able to shine love on because the top 25 yesterday, as was talked about by Coach Payne on HBCU Nightly, they are not getting any love at the NIA, not even top 25, 26 and 1, undefeated against NAIA programs, 14 0 in the conference race. I don't care what conference you're a member of, you do 26-1, and 14-0, you should be ranked at least in the top one spot. Five first place votes, 79 points, number one. We're going to recognize them here. We'll see what that means in the tournament. They want to go on the run. We'll see what it means when they get uh, – you imagine uh, they'll find a way to get a bid in the NI tournament. If they don't get that, that really is going to be criminal. Uh, and we will go off and make sure we let everybody know no matter what it means. But at this point, let's celebrate this. Tougaloo Bulldogs continue to hold on to the number one spot, the ranking in week number seven. Bring it all together. Joshua Sims, what do you think in terms of the top 25 men's side? Everybody has 20 wins on the season thus far. Man, Doc, I am absolutely one super happy about the fact that we've got three of our NAIA programs in the top five. One, SI, one SIAC, one CIAA, and this is the best top five I've seen of any publication in the country as it pertains to the mid-majors. Having Philander Smith inside of the top five, that men's program is solid, and they've got a power forward. I cannot remember his name right now. This young brother, they need to be coming to highlight him by going to play in the NBA. He can stretch the floor. I mean, he can play. And, again, shout out to Coach Green put me on game about this young brother and coach Payne put me on game about this young brother, but enough is. is not enough is not said about Tougaloo and enough is obviously not shared. And not enough love was shared on Tougaloo 
from our contemporaries who have to do top 25. So the fact that here on Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, we're giving this program, we're giving this particular program the shine and the love that they absolutely deserve is enough, is, is more than enough for me. Because to see this team not in the top 25 is a travesty. And if they believe that they're not going to put this team inside the NAIA tournament, you are absolutely right. They're going to have to deal with a lot of us on just the misfortune and the mishappening and the mishandling that they have of a team that's only lost one game this season but hasn't lost any NAIA games the entire way. So I'm looking forward to seeing them get this right because this has got to be right. This has got to be right. But at least we know on this side, with inside the HBCU Sports Lab, that this is correct. So I'm a, I'm extremely appreciative of the fact that we got them right there at the top. Tougaloo is the best team in the mid-majors, by no, bar none. And I can't wait to see them knock off and beat some of them teams inside the NAIA tournament too, just so it will, we'll leave all of the questions and all of the discretions <laughs> right there to the side of the road. Absolutely, absolutely. With that being said, we'll come back on the other side, get a little major division love because we got some big games. We told you about the tournaments. We'll get a little discussion in terms of some major division games that you should watch out this weekend. It's getting into the clutch uh, as you have the SIAC tournament next week. We'll know a champion from the GCAC by the t- next time you see us. We'll know a champion from the CIAA. And we'll start seeing the final matchups of the MEAC and the SWAC. And, boy, is it getting good and a lot of interesting. Uh, a lot of teams are in play. Uh, not only in terms of who's going to make the tournament in the SWAC, but who's going to come out uh, in those top four seeds and crown themselves a regular season champion in the MEAC. We'll find out about that at SWAC as well. Stick with us. We'll be right back after our last break as we come into our fourth quarter and give you our last update of what to keep your eyes on this weekend, a lot of basketball. Stick with us. We'll be back after this final break. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E.com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, KeversVoice.com. Always on, all the time. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. 
You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love yeah, and who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Let's get into it. Last quarter. It's going down. Do we have a buzzy button? We'll see. You got an update over there in the CIAA. I do, I do. Uh, currently, Lincoln is up on Virginia State, sixty-seven to fifty-five right now in the second half. About a little bit under six minutes left in the second half. Uh, man, if you can, if anybody's watching, man, feel more than welcome to check out ESPN Plus to see this game going on right now, live and in living color. Good stuff. Good stuff. Great update. Appreciate. It. Let's get into the major division. Some of these matchups. I'm gonna set it up in terms of a game going on now uh tennessee state that had uh women had looked a little better basketball uh getting taken on the road they had ut mark before the 50 with 452 left so it's looking a little tight on that that is a ut martin uh team that is even in standing sitting at seven and nine so i'm sure they wish they would have played a little better there currently uh tennessee state lady tigers had a three-game win streak uh, Martin came in and won their last game. Both of them are sitting there at 11 and 15, 11 and 16, respectively. So tough going on there. It'd be interesting to see on the other side what the men have as they have a matchup against UT Martin and their fight, what they're going to look like in the standings, uh, if you would, in terms of the men, because they're trying to get in that top five to open mm-hmm. around, see if they can stretch it up, get in a four or three space. They have a chance. They've been playing well of late, obviously winning six out of the last seven games, uh, playing some really good basketball. Their game is on tonight, ESPNU, ESPN Plus. Obviously, 30 minutes after the women game, they play UT Martin. This is where they are in the standings. I have them in the top five in the major division. You saw that as we released it last night. Had some great conversation. We talked about some potential matchups uh, as you – Stunned everybody and came off the table as we were looking at Swag Miak, who brought in Tennessee State appropriately. And you talking about some good conversations. I wish we would have had a little more chance. We toast, teased it. We talked a little bit about football because we said, what about Norfolk State out of the Miak basketball playing Tennessee Ooh. State? And then obviously I set it up to really get everybody's because that's the homecoming matchup. So uh-huh. you talking about a precursor for that would be to see those teams facing out. Uh, in some type of matchup. We got to find a way to get a little more of these Division One basketball teams play preseason um, against the, each other in terms of making sure we can have this great conversation. With that being said, Tennessee State currently sits at uh, tied for the fourth slot. They're 9-7, and seven, tied with Tennessee Tech. They had that victory over Tennessee Tech a couple of weeks ago. Um, and so they sit at 17-12 and 12 overall. Uh, but they face up UT Martin that's in the second spot. So this is a big-time spot in terms of that. Obviously, UT Martin just sits at 10-6, and six, so they're a game back. Then. Mm-hmm. Time up in terms of this matchup. UT Martin comes in at 18-11, winning three straight games. Tennessee State has won the last game, six of the last seven, as I said earlier. It'll be fascinating to see what you 
think of this matchup, Joshua, in terms of uh, Junior Clay obviously put up 40 points. If he can find a way to get it done, I'm sure you like where the Tigers may end up at the end of the night. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, Junior Clay, man, is, is averaging right up under 20 points a game right now in the nation and at 19.1 points a game right now. You, you know, you almost can't go away from him. But also the, the most important part of that is he's also getting his teammates involved. He's also averaging just over five assists a game as well, man. So to see this guy playing the way he's playing, he's shooting the lights out right now. And and I'm almost worried that this conference is not able to stop him. And if Tennessee State just recognizes that nobody in this conference can stop this young brother, you know, that along with the, the, the kid, Macau, uh, who's, who's at the center position, and they got, you know, some other guys in play that can be able to help to be able to just compliment what Junior Clay is doing right now. Listen, man, we're talking about a 40-piece he put up in that last game. Man. That don't happen often in college basketball, ladies and gentlemen. He put up a 40. All right? So, listen, I'm expecting for him to have a great game against UT Martin and pull this out and move them one step closer to getting to either that one or that two spot as they go into the OVC tournament. The other team that's in the race is on the women's side in, in regards to the Colonial for our independent. That is North Carolina A&T. Um, they play Townsend. That is tomorrow where they do their games. They traditionally do a Friday, Sunday for the women. They do um, Thursday, Saturday, oftentimes for the men in the Colonial over there with Hampton and North Carolina A&T. Speaking of Hampton, Hampton goes up against Stony Brook. Uh, that's 10 and 14. Uh, Hampton, they're going against Stony Brook, the 16 and 9. They're sitting uh, also and tied with AT for second. So it'll be interesting to see if Hampton Lady Pirates can maybe help uh, AT, the Lady Aggies, getting it done in that. But the Lady Aggies have to do uh, their own work as they sit up and play uh, Townsend in regards to the standing there. Townsend is sitting at number fourth in terms of seating, three way tied, 9 5 with a couple other teams. Uh, but this is important. Uh, with Drexel sitting at 11 and 4. So, North Carolina AT is still in a spot to get a share, if not get the overall championship. So, going down the stretch, it's going to be fascinating to see what this looks like. And he has to go on the road to face Townsend Tigers in terms of what that looks like. And then they're at home for UNC Wilmington. UNC Wilmington is only 4 and 21, 1 and 13 in this colonial. So, that's a team that you leave at home that you're going to get. So, the one that they really got to find a way. Uh, to help uh, push them in a position to see and make it interesting for Drexel to do what they need to do is against Townsend tonight. So with that final said, Drexel faces William and Mary. That's going to be a tough matchup. Uh, William Mary comes in with a winning record at 14-11, 9-5. That's good enough to be uh, right in the top half of the Colonial in terms of that matchup. So a little thing going on there. And then Drexel goes on the road against Hostra. Friday, Hostra is sitting at 19-16, so don't know if uh, that's going to be any magic for A&T. But let's start with that A&T Townsend. Your general thoughts, I know there's a part of you that cringe when you have to deal with the Aggies, but you're a professional. Don't tell the truth there in regards to what that looks like. What do you think about the Aggies over there getting it done in Greensboro? 
Well, you know, the lady school down the highways or the lady Aggies, you know, they go as Malia Bracconi goes, man. Malia Bracconi, man, has been playing phenomenal. She's playing lights out. Just over, just under 15 points a game this season. Um, almost, almost three steals per game. She's averaging this season. So, you know, as far as off, offensively and defensively, then you got to think about the fact that this young lady also shoots at 37 percent from the three point line. I mean, she is lights out, man. She really, really plays very solidly. Um, you know, outside of that, man, A&T should, you know, the lady squad should really be able to be able to play an inside out game against Towson. That I think Towson hasn't had a chance to see all season long, honestly. Not in this version of it. I mean, you think about somebody as lethal as her. You think about somebody like Jay Harris who kind of sits inside that post. She's 6'4". She can really kind of play inside the post. She has a, a nice size that she's able to kind of play back to the basket basketball. And then you you throw in a Jay Dorsey. That young lady really can play really off the pick and roll. So I have been paying attention to them this year, even though it breaks my heart to have to even watch them play. Um, you know, so I, I have been kind of affectionately calling them the lady school down the highwayers. But uh, but the Lady Aggies are rocking and rolling. And that game against Drexel that you talked about, Doc, is at Drexel. All right? So they really got to yeah. get on the ball. They should be able to take care of business against Towson tomorrow night. They should be able to take care of business against UNC Wilmington um, the night uh, three nights later. But uh, the big game I'm looking for for them is Drexel. They beat Drexel. They win the rest of these games. They win the conference. And that's what it's all about. There it is. Yeah, can't ask for more than that at the late season to be in the hunt. Be prepared to in your own control. With that being said, a little different for the men, North Carolina and uh, uh, Aggies are sitting in the middle of the bunch. They need to get in the top five. They're came out um, in terms of the loss column, but there are two, Drexel is two ahead of them in the column. So uh, it's going to be tough to maybe find a way to get in that top five, but they're right there in the middle. Hampton is sitting at the bottom at 14 and 12, struggling mightily this year. We'll have to really wait and see what they're going to do. They do have a new AD coming in. We'll see what that means for uh, that program overall, particularly for the men's side in terms of what they got going on. Give you some updates. Hampton, though, is winning at the half, 45 to 40 over Mama. North Carolina A&T is also winning, 37 to 28 over Delaware. So that's a good thing in terms of what that looks like. Let's turn the page and get in on the MEAC because, man, it's a lot of fun going on the MEAC, and it got interesting. Everybody was talking about the swag and how chaotic it was and how much fun they were doing. Well, MEAC does not like to be alone. They want to make sure that the sisters over there in the South are comfortable. So they decided, let's come to the party, get a little chaos ourselves. And that's exactly what you saw uh, uh, in terms of uh, the Morgan State Bears that were undefeated. They go down. Not only do they go down once, they go down twice, which means mm. that Norfolk State now is tied with them in terms mm. of the race. So what does that look like Saturday? You have Howard at North Carolina Central. The Eagles host Howard should be an intriguing matchup there. Uh, eight and three, six and five, respectively, in the conference race. So they're right there with each other. Then you have a Norfolk State going to South Carolina State. That is a nine and two that's flipped to a two and nine in terms of going in opposite directions in the conference. You got Delaware State at Morgan State, three and eight, nine and two. Everybody wants to know, Ken, Morgan State, the Bears, the ladies get off the mat. Uh, they have a chance. You think they would be able to get it done against Delaware State? They're the struggle some. Sometimes that confidence, when it goes, it goes. We shall see. Then you have Maryland Eastern Shore and Cotton State, uh, Battle of Maryland Institutions. Uh, Maryland Eastern Shore comes in at four and seven, three and eight in terms of what that looks like. And then obviously on Monday, you have the switch in terms of Howard going to South Carolina State. 
Morgan State going to Maryland Eastern Shore, Norfolk State going to North Carolina Central, Cobb State going to Delaware. In terms of the women in the MEAC, any of those matchups stand out to you that you want people to keep their eye on and why? On the women's side, man, it really all starts with where North Carolina Central ends up on the women's side. All right, we've got they've got two games to finish the season off against Howard against Norfolk. Um, they're looking to try to even the series against Howard this weekend coming up. Uh, hopefully, they get a chance to kind of balance that out. They took a tough loss to Howard at Howard earlier in the season, and then Norfolk State, man, Norfolk State's got to come to Durham after North Carolina Central went up to Norfolk, Virginia, and knocked off the top dogs in that game in overtime. Um, that was a very, very, very interesting game. I was so glad to be able to sit down and watch that game from start to finish. It was an incredible game. So those games, those teams and those programs got to come down to Durham. But I think I would be remiss if I did not mention the fact that Morgan State has got probably the easiest remaining schedule inside of the conference along the way. Um, they've got Delaware State, who is not a pushover. They're going to have to play really well to beat Morgan State. I mean, Delaware State, but they got them at home. They got Maryland Eastern Shore, their cross, one of their crosstown rivals, across state rivals, Maryland Eastern Shore. The game after that, they've got to find a way to win that game. And then they end the season with their crosstown rivals, Coppin State, at home. And that's going to be an incredible game and an incredible atmosphere. But, I mean, it all boils down to that very last game of the season against Norfolk and Howard, Norfolk State against Howard in that same weekend, man. We got some incredible women's basketball to be played. And the window in the door, because Morgan State has lost both of those games in a row, the window in the door is open for North Carolina Central to possibly jump up to that one or that two seed, which is going to be incredibly important going into the Mid-Eastern Athletic Basketball Conference tournament. I like it. I like it. Let's stay in the MEAC and flip it to the men's side, where it really got intriguing this past weekend. You know, uh, everybody wanted to put a little dirt on the Eagles, um, but they started playing well of late. And somebody coach when he gets a chance uh, and he has some confidence in the team, you know he knows the magic. He knows how to make the right call. If he gets a couple of guys of feeling confidence, he can shake up those cobwebs, as they say, and get it going. Well, guess what? They open up the door. They're only two games back uh, <laughs> to close out the season. They got to like their chances going into it. Howard um, is had a 17-point lead in the game, but this is a defensive team that knows how to turn it up, and that was yes. on the road. So we need to understand – uh, that this is not uh, your mom's Hawks team that you're used to. This is a team that's playing really good defensively. They are extremely strong in terms of what they're able to do. Uh, Eagles find a way to get the win on the road, which is a statement. So you got 9-2, 8-3, 7-4, 7-4, respectively for Howard, Norfolk State, Maryland Eastern Shore, North Carolina Central. If you're not done, Morgan State just shows you uh, that they still are looking to get and can give some problems. They had 5-6. and six. And they can throw a monkey wrench in some things. So when you start talking about some of those matchups, Howard at Central, Delaware State at Morgan State, Maryland Eastern Shore at Coppin State, Norfolk State at South Carolina State on Saturday. On Monday, you have Howard at South Carolina State, Morgan State at Maryland Eastern Shore, Coppin State at Delaware State, and Norfolk State at North Carolina Central. Let me guess. The matchups that you're interested in, Howard going to Central on Saturday, and then Monday, it might just get a little better with Norfolk State going to North Carolina Central. I don't know about you, but something tells me you're looking at that, but I will know this. If you're not, I certainly am. So do me a favor and talk about those. In the expressions of my big brother, Charles Bishop. <laughs> Listen, I am extremely, 
And I want everybody to understand this. I am extremely excited because if anybody remembers back in football season, I told y'all around this time of the year is when we start taking over and we start becoming the team that we're supposed to be. Now, listen, kudos to Coppin State and Morgan State for going into these both of these environments. I mean, Morgan State was at home, but Coppin State goes into Norfolk State, and they absolutely stunned Norfolk State. I mean, I mean, from start to finish, Sam Sessoms, ladies and gentlemen, Lord have mercy. The boy can't miss. He find the bottom of the net every time every he throws the ball. Every time, Doc. I mean, yeah, I just get nervous is, when he gets. You know what I'm saying? Team. If I'm pulling for the other team, I'll be like, oh, man. It's over. it's over. It ain't nothing you can do about it. I mean, nope. listen, the one problem that that young brother has in his game, if I could just take one second, the one problem that he has in his yeah. game is free throws. That's what he did against Norfolk State. He went. 84% from the free throw line against Norfolk State in a hostile environment when it's loud. For all any of you who haven't ever been to Eccles Arena, listen, Eccles is extremely loud. Norfolk State yep. packs that thing out for darn near every game. And Coppin State walked into that building and got that W. Now, I got to say this because it's only right if I say it. <laughs> they done let the door open for the Eagles. And we get to host the two teams that we just knew we needed to get our face back against. Back to back. In the Eagles Nest. In McDougal McClendon Gymnasium. I can't. Oh, They're going to mess around and let North Carolina Central win the conference, Doc. And I'm going to be on here. And I'm going to be singing, we are the champions again. They ain't going to be able to say nothing. But I will say this. It don't matter who wins the regular season championship. Right. That tournament, that tournament from top to bottom, you better come with your lunch bill. You better come with your lunch bill. I'm talking about from the top to the bottom. Everybody, including South Carolina State, everybody can get knocked off and everybody can end up winning the game and beat somebody that you ain't expect to happen. I am so excited for the 2023 Mid-Eastern Athletic Basketball Women's and Men's Basketball Tournament. It's going to be an exciting time, ladies and gentlemen. I agree with you. Great points, great points. Let's close it out with the SWAC uh, in terms of the women. Uh, you have South Southern at Florida A&M. That rivalry on the football has now gone into the basketball court. It will be fascinating as Southern goes to Tallahassee. You got Grambling at Bethune-Cookman uh, on the beaches there, but it should not be a beach party. Prairie View at Jackson State, and then you have Texas Southern at Alcorn State as the Texas schools do, as uh, you said it, Brother Bishop, uh, talks about doing the uh, blues trip in Mississippi. I'm fascinated to see about those matchups uh, when you look at what's going on in, in terms of the Monday games. Backing it up a little bit, Saturday, uh, you have some of the rivalry games coming up. You have Southern at Bethune-Cookman, Grambling at FAMU, Prairie at Alcorn, Texas Southern at Jackson State, Alabama A&M at Alabama State. Arkansas Pine Bluff at Valley. The game that I'm looking at in that is that Texas and Prairie View on Monday. Obviously, that's the long loss for Jackson State that has just risen to the number one ranking. So they, I'm sure they want to keep that and they want a little bit of a revenge. And so it should be interesting because Prairie View is sitting at the top of the conference. So they're still playing some good basketball. So they showed it to a solid team. But I'm not sure about that matchup. I'm interested to see what that looks like. A couple of other good games to keep your eyes on. 
uh, particularly the rival between Alabama State and Alabama A&M, which is going to go a long way with both teams sitting at 11 and 4 in the conference standings uh, at the top in terms of those two and three spots. So it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. Any of those games stand out to you on the women's side for the SWAT? Yeah, Doc, I got to go with you on the Texas Southern preview game. Um, that's a big-time matchup for us. Preview, again, is also sitting close to the top of the conference. Um, and for them to be able to sustain, sustain their position inside of the conference, and listen, they're the only team that's beat Jackson State. And so for us, we only can go off of the fact that if they're the only team that's beat Jackson State, though some people will say it was a night that Jackson State was called slipping or whatever you want to say, at the end of the day, at the end of that scoreboard, Prairie View ended up winning. So for Prairie View to be the only team that's beat them, they want to put themselves in a position, at least when we get to the tournament-wise, where they can be able to go head-to-head. And they got to feel confident in the fact that they could possibly beat Jackson State again. Not quite sure how well that's going to go, but I'm also – I'm all with it. And I'm looking forward to being able to see that game. But Texas Southern Prairie View itself, the rivalry between that game itself is enough to sell out an entire uh, entire arena. So I'm looking forward to seeing the Prairie View women be able to go out and be dominant and continue to kind of push the, the train rolling as they go into the SWAC tournament. I like that. Very good comments in terms of what the matchup means, in terms of what it looks like. Let's go to the men's show before we close it out, and we'll give you a last update on the CIAA. On Wednesday, you have Alcorn State Braves sitting at 12-2. and two. Grandma State 11-3, had that big victory in Utah during the NBA as they were highlighted. HBCU game a week against their rival Southern, who sits a couple of games back in terms of first place at nine and five. Behind them, surprising a lot of folks, you know, people talked about Jackson State, but they're eight and six in the conference race, good enough to be in the fourth slot, if you would, uh, playing some pretty good basketball with all things being said. Behind them, Alabama a and Bulldogs, I thought probably one of the hottest teams until they got upset at home by FAMU Rallies. Just to give you another indication as you talk the top and the bottom, just how close the game is. I threw out a stat last night that said in terms of three position possession games, nine points if you would, uh, those games have been decided uh, at least 50% of the time being nine points or less uh, wow. in the SWAC, 50% of the games. That's of 88 games been played, men, 44 of them have been nine points or less closing the game. Just think about mm. that in mm. what time you have six overtime games. Of the six overtime games, two of them went in trouble overtime. With that being said, let's get into these matchups so I can hear your thoughts. Saturday, Grambling at FAMU, Southern at Bethune-Cookman, Prairie View at Alcorn State, Texas Southern at Jackson State, Alabama A&M at Alabama State, big rivalry game, big-time matchup, Arkansas Pine Bluff at Valley. Um, when you talk about the Texas schools going in, in the Mississippi, Texas teams were slundering, but they're now in the middle of the race. Are they going to be able to make a statement? should be interesting to see if they can show they are for real. And you have, if you would, Southern at FAMU, Grambling at Bethune-Cookman, Texas Southern at Alcorn, and Prairie View at Jackson State for the month uh, part of the road trip. What are your thoughts about any of these matchups as we go? Yeah, as I look at Saturday's game, Slay Doc, I got to point out that Prairie View-Alcorn game. Um, you know, will this be the weekend where Alcorn just stumbles enough? Um, you know, everybody kind of contingently has Grambling as the best team in the conference, but Alcorn just finds a way to win. Um, you made that excellent point last night that on HBCU Nightly that Alcorn just finds a way to win. And sometimes those teams mm-hmm. who just find a way to win, they just continue to keep finding ways to win. You don't end up having them be in a situation 
where they end up falling short or something like that. So I don't I don't expect this game to go any different, but I'm going to be interested to see, man, does Dominic Bruton end up playing the way we've seen him play all season long? I mean, this guy's the best player on the all-court team. I'm looking forward to seeing him really be able to make some great passes, man. I've seen him pass the ball really well down the stretch here, shooting a little bit under 43% from the field right now. So I'm looking to see him kind of create a little bit more consistency. Uh, he's got to create a little bit more consistency as we go into the SWAC tournament. And then Will Douglas on the other side, same thing. They're averaging just around the same amount of points. I'm looking forward to seeing that matchup. Both of them play guard. Both of them are going to face each other at some point. It's going to come down to the fact that maybe Dominic Bruton is a little bit better free throw shooter than uh, Will Douglas is. So I'm looking forward to seeing it, man. I, I really want to see does Will Douglas continue to keep being the leading passer on that team and really kind of distribute the pass. And will Alcorn find a way again to win? I love it. I love it. Let me give you this last CIAA update. 21.8 seconds left in the game, and it looks like, as you said, Lincoln, uh, Pennsylvania should get it done. They're leading 74 to 67 as they go to the line. Now the ball rolls off the rim for the first free throw as they're trying to close out. Can they get it done? They're up 74 to 67 over Virginia State. That is Lincoln, Pennsylvania, 21 seconds in the quarterfinal. Who will get to the semifinal? It looks like Lincoln Lions, can they hold on? We'll see. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Hope you enjoyed all the dialogue in terms of your latest and greatest and matchups in terms of HBC basketball. Even gave you a tease of baseball as well. I am Dr. Nyadakaville, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from Inside the Lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Watch and Charles Bishop. As they're out on assignments, we have none other than Joshua Sims Sr., of HBCU Nightly every Wednesday, 8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Eastern. Check him out as his group comes on and gives you all the news and need. You got X's and O's as they'll give you some updates in terms of uh, throughout the spring uh, of your favorite football updates. Uh, obviously, it's B.J. Jones and Joshua Sr., along with Erica that I tease you with. And you can tell she's spicy in regards to what she can bring to the table. I gave you a tease. That's what you can look forward to that. Uh, show as it continues to be developed and it's coming to you soon. Again, I am Dr. Yadakaville with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday right here at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest news in the lab. I will tell you what took place this weekend, who will be crowned champions of the CIAA Men's and Women's, Gold Coast Athletic Conference, Men's and Women's, and we'll tell you what's happening in the MEAC SWAC SIC as they shape up for their conference race. Follow me, Dr. Yadakaville, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. You know we'll give you some love in terms of the independent as we have some teams trying to figure out what they want to get done in basketball as well. Inside the HBC Sports Lab on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube is Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Joshua? Of course. Roy? Lecture. Oh, okay, well. Dismissed.